welcome Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. We're here at the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant. Such a cool place. It's a great. It's so thank, nice. Thank uh, them for hosting us. I know Sybilla's amazing to host us and Loaves and Fishes, and obviously the cook shop is next door. But this is such a beautiful place, and we have so many guests who come in, and they're like, "Oh my God!" I, I mean, a lot of people come here, but some people come in and they're like, "We we didn't even." Know I had no here. idea. I did not know, and it's got a fireplace, and it serves dinner, and it serves breakfast to the public from 8 to 10 every morning, because it has the guests as well. Yeah, so the public is always hungry. BridgehamptonInn.com if you want to see it. We're coming to you on WPPB. 88.3 Oh my FM. gosh, after a year and a half, you know the call letters. I am so I impressed. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here today. We've got Patrick McLaughlin from Elliman. We have Jack Pearson from Compass. And before you turn the channel thinking it's going to be a bunch of statistics and numbers and and stuff like that. It is, and this is one of our usual yeah, free-flowing talks. I think that, for me, um, one of the things that defines the East End and Long Island has always been this idea of, of real estate and properties and houses and people who either uh, are having their second homes and they're, it's their trophies. The have-nots. The, the, well, and the trophies from their life somewhere else or people who kind of, like like me, wanted to come out here and make it home. And um, and since my history out here kind of started in the late 60s, early 70s, when my folks started yeah, coming too, out, yeah. I can remember the conversation, even as a kid, of um, real estate, worth, prices, house sales, rentals, the whole thing. And the if only, the if only thing. If only I had bought, Yeah, yeah the know, if only, that. but I also think it's, it's, it's truly part of the fabric out here, and it's a thing that um, doesn't really get spoken a lot about, uh, I think, because it also, and I'll, I could say this about myself, um, it's very private. You yeah. know, it's like people don't like to air their laundry in public. People, I, I certainly, you know, you don't, you don't want people to know your business, and yet it's also gossip because then you want to know everybody else's business. Well, but you know, it's also, it's it's funny because I mean, you and I, I think come from that, that kind of thing where you can really talk about anything at the dinner table, except for in my family, you couldn't talk about money. So real estate and money right, kind but, of go but, hand in hand. But people so. actually are more comfortable talking about death than they are talking about money. Yeah. So. Because if you if you have a lot of it, you don't want people to know me. I, I don't know what it is, but, but let's get back to talking about actually being out here. I mean, I, I've been coming out here too since I was a, a little kid. Yeah. I remember. I mean, I think one of my first memories was staying at um, when Marlo Thomas and Herbie Gardner were still together, staying on Tyson Lane. They had like a little teeny cottage. That girl. And get, yeah, and I mean, we're just, this has got to be like '66. I was like three years old. Yeah, and I and one of my early memories. My folks were friends with a, a family the, that you're the, the Steele family that oh, you're yeah. kind of some that I'm related to through the Warner and, Brothers. Right, yeah. but when Charles Guathme was building the houses yeah, uh, in Bridgehampton, those kind of round houses I remember running around and playing them when they were framed yeah um and then uh I think he and uh, one of the steel women kind of fell in love yeah. and went off and yeah it was actually a really interesting story but I don't know if I should tell it on the air she was like eight months pregnant and he came in as a consult and by the end of the consult they literally like were madly in love and yeah, as, spent my, the rest as of their my mom together. said first he make it a house then he break it a house <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Do you remember when the Richard Meyer house, the Saltzman's house, was the only one like around that you could see on Two Mile Hollow? Is that yeah. from Two Mile Hollow? Yeah. And Richard Meyer, because my dad was friends with Richard oh, Meyer, yeah, my and, dad too. and when he before he broke ground on the Getty out in L.A., um, I had gone out there to start my career, and um, 
uh, he walked us through the property where where everything was going to be. And That's so magical. That was really magical. But, right, but that we're actually talking about, well, I guess the dreams that get built on the land. That's and so, so true. And that is what we're, that's what... The Hamptons is all about the dreams and the the land under the putting the foundation underneath them. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And and how there's a constant state of reinvention out here. Um, you know, while you also have uh, you know generations of families and people who who uh, maybe don't speculate as much in the marketplace, but uh, obviously their lives are affected by it uh, either through service. Mm -hmm. uh, house watching and, and various things that make houses work, um, or um, through the value of their own property, which uh, when whoever ac accumulated that years ago had no idea uh, that it would be this, uh, this cake that just continues to rise. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like a good place to take a break. So you're listening to Sundays on the East End. I'm Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And we're going to be back in a minute with our guests, Patrick McLaughlin and Jack Pearson. We're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant on 88.3 WPPB-FM. You can also stream us online at 88.3 WPPB.org. It's always a good time to make a donation to listener-supported radio, and we'll be right back. Back Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant. It's so nice here. It's such a beautiful colonial place, and they've done such an amazing stuff. And it's open for breakfast and dinner. I'm not sure what the hours are, but you can look it up BridgehamptonInn.com. And we're on 88.3 WPPB FM. So let's bring on our guests. Talk yeah. about real estate and whatnot. We've got uh, Patrick McLaughlin. Hello. I, do I say Patrick? your name right? I don't. McLaughlin. I, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. You can say whatever. I've known you forever. Uh, like you should have corrected just, me. Just no, no, because my sister says it a different way than I say it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like, I don't care. Whatever. Uh, and and you've been with Element for like ever, except for a very short uh, break. Very short gig somewhere else, but about about twenty years. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. And we have Jack Pearson from Compass. Hello. How Hi. Are you? Hi. Good to see you. Welcome both of you guys. Thank you so much for taking time out. Out of your day and coming on yeah thanks um, for having us so um let's just start with this like what is your relation to the east end how did you end up out here and what's you, either one can start but like i'm always curious about your yeah. personal journey let jack go first well my journey started in missouri <laughs> so uh and ended up in texas diving scholarship and then a diving scholarship springboard diving oh wow i didn't know that Yes, and I was in Austin when it was super cool. Well, back when it really was weird. Exactly. <laughs> not like, quote unquote weird. Like, not like hipster yeah. weird. Okay. Super bohemian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And then ended up working for Neiman Marcus in Dallas. and then Needless up, markup. Well, yes. That's what I always say, needless <laughs> markup. Yes, we, we've heard that yeah, many, yeah, many yeah. times. I'm sure yeah. you have, sorry. And then my goal was to always end up in New York. So I did and worked for Bloomingdale's and Saks. So you were in the city? I was for and 10 years, and, and, the concrete jungle. And then <laughs> what, what brought you out here? Well, two things. One was I love gardens and, you know, from the Midwest. So I missed living in more than two or three rooms. Yeah. So I, I missed a house and I missed a garden. I missed grass and light. So, you know, 10 years, I think, in New York, you sort of go through that kind of decision. Do I stay on or right. move on? So I had luckily bought my house in the Hamptons. Um, soon after I moved to New York. And did you use a realtor? 
I would know. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I used David Bray of Alan <laughs> Schneider. Of Alan Schneider. And that's how I ended up in, in real estate because in, in the fashion business, we often refer to it as the velvet ghetto. And, you know, you, you look glamorous, you feel like everyone else thinks you're glamorous, but you really are in the trenches. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's something that wears you out. And, and Patrick, how about you? I, it was sort of circuitous, but uh, it, we were on the Upper West Side. Our, where, where I, I was born and raised on the Upper West Side. I was Me 50 too. West 70th. Okay. That, a little bit that, of tip. Uh, not really upper. Uh, just and kind of, oh, you're like, from 86. I'm 86. Sorry. Oh, that's upper. West yeah. 86. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the Dakota and the Apthorpe. So 72nd uh, and well, 79. But I, but I did so. sublet in the Nevada Tower on 70th oh, cool. Broadway. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Okay. But here's a little tidbit that's very timely. We bought it from Harvey Weinstein. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that is timely. Uh, I hope there was a little deep. Cleaning. Yeah. Uh, we did yeah. burn sage. Dude, we got in the apartment. Bridget, you need to get your sage out. Yeah, I'll, I'll get out my Palo Santo and my blue light so we can see the spatter. Uh, but anyway. anyway, so we were in the department. It was a, a co-op on the Upper West Side. And as Bridget will tell you, I'm the biggest dog lover in the world. Yes. And uh, we had talking to our co-op. I guess I didn't. Anyway, bottom line is we got a dog. The co-op said, uh-uh. We said, you guys said yes. And they said, no, we didn't. Oh so gosh. rather than stay in a building where every time you walk That's in the door, it's stunning to think that a co-op board would cause a problem. Yeah, shocking. Because <laughs> they're all such easygoing people. Yeah, that was your know. first introduction to real estate. Uh, <laughs> kind of. So anyway, um, we, we ended up... Um, I was actually in real estate, I think, at that point. But uh, In the city? In the city. I worked for Douglas Elliman on the Upper West Side Residential? Office. Yeah, or? just residential. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had a house out here that we bought from Andy Vallette from Corcoran, who was a, a, a dear friend. And... Um, we ended up selling the apartment on the Upper West Side, buying new construction in Chelsea. It wasn't done in time. So I said, you know, why don't I move to the house in the Hamptons? And I never left. Yeah, oh, that's, that's so, so cool. Yeah, and and how long have you been out here? Uh, bought the house in 98, been out here since 2004 full, full time. Wow, yeah. how about you? I moved here full time in 98. Yeah, so, you, so again, you have a lot of time in your earthly travels. This yeah. is now your sense of place. It totally is, and for me, I just realized that I wanted somewhere beautiful, and the Hamptons is that. Well, that's, that, that brings me to an interesting question, which is, of course, you guys are in the business of selling the pro- property, and do you ever feel like a little bit of close the door after me? Like, I mean, you must have to tread such a difficult line as real estate agents to keep the place that you live beautiful and yet still see the subdivisions and the stuff breaking up. Like, you know, I mean, what what? how do you sit with that either one of you I mean there's definitely evolution but I feel like I'm a a progressive person so I mean I think you have to have progress in where you live Um, I think there is a fine line for sure but for me it was seeing all the changes some were you know better than others Mm -hmm. but certainly having it be more year-round today as a person that lives here full-time that is rewarding and, you know, I think the Hamptons can be whatever you make of it. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, there's a lot of different types of people here. And what yeah. about you, Patrick? Uh, I, I think Jack said it quite succinctly and yeah. better than I could, but it, the Hamptons is what you make it. Yeah. And I remember before I ever came out here, you know, I, I, I grew up in... Um, Suburban Philadelphia, and we went to the Jersey Shore, which is a very different feel yeah, than the Hamptons. The beach. It's the shore. It's the shore. It's <laughs> the shore. But it's. I, but I. I was always sort of really uh, recalcitrant to come out to the Hamptons, and you know, I, you know, you see, you know, in the Times, you know, 
style section went to Hamptons parties. Like I'm like, ugh. Right. Yeah, ugh. I'll, I'll never go to ugh. one of those. I'll never go there. Liar. Liar. <laughs> Liar. I had a white party or two in Margate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Under the elephant. Under the elephant. Lucy is. I love. Lucy the I elephant. love Lucy. The but uh, anyway, go ahead. Oh my God! Wouldn't it be great if the Hamptons did like a Lucy? The yeah, that we would have, go over well. We have the, excuse me. We have, we have the, the duck. duck. We have in the Flanders. duck. I love in the Flanders. Duck. I, love I hear the Flanders duck. is the new Bridgehampton. Yes. Really? Uh, no. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I used to live in on my basically my dad bought built a house for me on his property in Amagansett on Old Stone Highway. And I lived there for 18 years. And then when my dad died, you know, there was a little bit of like a real estate thing going on. It turns out my dad, <laughs> they still talk about it today that uh, he had like checkerboarded all the land or something like that. It was it was a nightmare to kind of get out of there. But I did end up selling my house. I moved to New Hampshire. But when I moved back, I, I, there was no way I could afford. Well, having had just had a bankruptcy too, as you you know, I came and worked for Patrick for a little while, which was really nice. It's but um, it was super fun. Um, but uh, you know, moving back here, there was the, it seemed like even the there were shacks that weren't affordable. So yeah. I, like, it's not like a statistical question, but just like what keeps driving the price up? Because to me, it seems like there's more. Uh, what do you call it? Like more at more of them, more houses, inventory. more inventory. Thank you. Right. That is exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. There's more inventory. But the prices just keep kind of going up and up. I, I have a five-bedroom, five-bathroom house on two and a half acres with water views surrounded by farmland in Mauritius that I paid under $300,000 for. Wow. And I'm only, you know, 20 miles away. That's amazing. So, you know, what is it about here that makes I think it, it keep going I think up? it's a misnomer, if you don't mind me jumping in here, in terms of availability of inventory. Because... You know, people always say, oh, there's so many for sale signs. Well, if you really want a certain area at a certain price point, yeah. there's not that much available. That's true. And by the way, um, who at this table is currently selling their house? Oh, Alex. I am <laughs> at 38 Eastwood's Path. Oh, no, don't say Technically, that. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Cut that out. You don't want people knowing exactly where you live. The New York Post just did an article about it. Like I'm like I'm like the Toy Story idiot that just reduced. So like that's so like that's, that's, that's the cows out of the barn. See, and I just knew you as the Toy Story idiot. Uh, yeah, okay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, but but I I do think I can remember. You know, I bought the house in 08, and I think for me, just to follow that conversation, um, I had a price point. Uh, the house was a little bit above the price point, but I really had the area I wanted. Right. And and that was like what drove me. Yeah. And even now, people ask, well, when the house does sell, where are you going to go? And I don't know, but I know it'll be somewhere near Sag Harbor. Like I know that, mm -hmm. and that's and that's enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. you and a lot of people. Yeah. Sag Harbor. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing village. Yeah. But well, and that's fine. And and that will drive a lot of my decision making. I, I don't know if Jack agrees, but you, you, people say to me frequently, "Is everything in the Hamptons for sale?" And I say. Yes, but at the right price. Yeah, well, I think you I know. Think, I mean, I you might fair to say everything. Everything on everywhere the planet is for sale. Is for sale. Yeah, that's kind of true. But I mean, unfortunately, we have way too many sale signs, and I've always thought that that was kind of bad for all of us. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and I think a lot of it. And I don't know if Jack agrees or not, but you know, you have some people um, who have been in the business for like a blink of an eye who are willing to put a uh, you know a house on the market for five million dollars that's probably worth a million five and put their name on a sign out front. Right, and I just think that's bad for business in so, general. So, so that's that's interesting. What so that brings us. You both live here. What is your credo, or what like what is something that you live by, in terms of, of sale of of property? Like you wouldn't overprice something, or uh, you know, 
I can only say I want to put my head on the pillow at night and go to sleep. That's what I mean. So what what do you live by that makes you able to do? I mean, not that, that I, sounds no, like a horrible no, no, thing no, to say. Really That's not how I mean to put it. Like term we're taking right. because this is actually I think also when you are an agent, when you are part of any transaction or sale. Um, there's a, I, I certainly felt this and feel this as a writer in the entertainment industry. Um, it's very transactional. I, and I always would say, I'm a melon in a supermarket, right? I'm trying mm-hmm. to look nice and be sold. Um, when you are an agent, when you're on that side of the conversation, how do you balance your humanity? That's with, what I'm trying to say, with, yeah. Uh, and I know, how, I know that Patrick does these beautiful, well, used to invite me, I don't know if you're still doing them, but like free movies. For I haven't people. done it in a while, but I, uh, Bridget, I'm going to do one this year, so you you know you're top of the list. I know, but that was just such a beautiful, beautiful thing to do for the community, and I know you're also involved in a lot of like animal stuff. Right, but let's you know, let's, but we'll, let's we'll, just we'll go back. I, I want to pull it back to this. Yes, so like, yes. let's just talk about it. like at you as a person, both of you as people. How do you balance that where where your career is in the marketplace, but you're still I think being truthful and straightforward is the name of the game. I mean, you know, we're not in 2007 where people had rose-colored glasses and where they were saying, I'll sell at any price. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a sense of reality now. People are much smarter. They know exactly what the comps are, and oftentimes more so than agents. So the agent has to be incredibly well-versed about what they're selling, how much it's worth, what the comparables are, because everyone's getting a mortgage. And a how, lot of and, people are, because right, money yeah. is cheap, and, right. how, and it has to appraise. And how, um, how has the internet and social media affected your, the, the way you approach your... Well, I imagine there's goods that I think, ads. I think what that. Jack just said, that I, most consumers are more informed than most agents right now. Mm. They're on Zillow yeah. every day. They're looking to see what's new on the market, what, what has been reduced. And, you know, they know exactly what they're looking for. Right. They want good value. They want and they don't want to overpay. Right. And like in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Or when they're buying a melon or a screenwriter. No, exactly. but, I, but I, I, you know, that's, um, okay, so authenticity is what I'm hearing. Yes. And consistency, right? And so properties will come and go, deals will come and go, but you want to be able to kind of walk into a room and, and have people know uh, that you're I a straight shooter. I, I, will, I will tell you, and I, I right or wrong or otherwise, but uh, I also think a lot of us, uh, Jack and I, I think have a good relationship, and I think it's almost as important that us as brokers have good relationships with other brokers. Absolutely. Almost, almost more yeah. than the consumers, yeah. because they come and go, but the same people who sell your houses and that you, you sell houses for, they're pretty constant, and it's and and you want good relationships with the other brokers. Well, because we're we're doing deals together, so we need right. to be collaborative. All right, so, so Jack that, sold my house, last, one of my houses, <laughs> yeah. actually. Right. That, That's awesome. Uh, when you say my, though, you mean a house you represented? Or I, I did a little flip you, project in Sag. Oh, fantastic! But I love that. Does she still like it, Jack? She loves that. Oh yay! Uh, yay. yay. <laughs> is she? Yay. She, she, she named it a lower level. Yeah, lower yeah, level. I, I wanted like, to do that, but I I was like. Ugh. But you see, it's the same thing with yeah. the newspapers is we have our own little private group. And whenever Alec is uh, in Hollywood doing his films or in Vegas or whatever, um, I have Joe Shaw as my as my guest uh, co-host. And of course, he's executive editor of the Express News Group and I'm associate editor of The Independent. Right. But, you know, it's really important for all of us, even if we're competitive for ads and stories and whatnot, to, to really stay friends. Because, yeah. you know, it's it, it must be somewhat, I don't want to say a click, yeah. but there's a... There's a, a special sort of person who is an agent, right? But in the but, but, I, but again, not to 
not to maybe go off on too much of a tangent, but one of the things I, I recognized early on in my screenwriting career is that the agents at the agencies that represented me didn't really work for me. They worked for the agency, and the agency had to wake up the next day and deal with the buyers. Or they deal with the studios. And so mm -hmm. their relationships had to be really sound with the other side of the equation, whereas in my case, um, they're saying, well, does that work for me? And, and I was always getting back. You're thinking about it the wrong way because you, you have to wake up tomorrow. You know, like mm -hmm. this isn't a one time thing. You're trying to go a long distance. And so. And real estate agents, we are concierge. That's mm -hmm. who we are. We, we provide information and, you know, obviously a lifestyle to our customers and clients to keep them here, to get them to come back. Um, it's important for us to be as compelling as possible because we've got to get people to drive 100 miles to come out and look at a house. True. Right? I say, I, I, someone <laughs> once asked me, how do you really describe your job? I said, I solve problems for money. Oh, that's I, I, It's so absolutely. funny. That's how I actually like would describe my job. Like, I actually think I'm a problem solver, and I hope I get paid to yes. solve those problems. We hope that, too. <laughs> we hope that. <laughs> well, that's a good place to take another break. Uh, we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn and Restaurant, and we're having a fascinating conversation just about the whole idea of real estate, basically, with Patrick McLaughlin from Douglas Elliman and Jack Pearson from Compass. I'm Bridget Leroy. And I am still Alex Sokolow. And this is Sundays on the East End. I am a suburban homeboy with a suburban home right by my side. I am a suburban homeboy and I say yo dog to my pretending guy. So we're back, Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. Alex Sokolow. And we're talking with Patrick. Say your last McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Jesus, I've been saying your name wrong for 10 no, years, dude. Not. No, I'm you have so sorry. Is it Sarah McLaughlin or Sarah McLaughlin? McLaughlin. McLaughlin. But, like, but not, it's spelled yeah, differently. No yeah, she spells you, it I've been calling you McLaughlin. But if she wants to share any of her royalties, I'll be happy okay. to <laughs> right. say it any way so she wants. You're from Elliman at Douglas Elliman yeah. Real Estate, and we have Jack Pearson from Compass Realty. Spelled P-E-A-R-S-O-N. I know. Not like the Pearson High School. Not like I Pearson know, not High like Pearson High School. More like the son of a pear. You are a pear son. Exactly. Exactly. And we've been talking about animals during the break because we're all animal lovers. and. Yeah, um, so um, animals. So you, you had actually uh, a story about how you got one of your beloved creatures yeah. through it's a real estate transaction. You have two dogs, right, Patrick? Yeah, I have two. I have Bella and Russell. Bella. And um, How'd you name them? Uh, well, Russell was named by his stepmother, Clifton Green, who Jack knows. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were doing a real estate deal on a property on Whispering Fields in Watermill. And she kept coming by with this dog and saying, I know you said you wanted another dog, so I want you to meet Russell. I want you to meet Russell. And um, why was she giving him up? Or was she, she does fosters. Oh, OK. I okay. gotcha. OK. You know, so she, it wasn't like, yeah, take yeah, my yeah. dog, please. No, no, it no, wasn't no. Like Kenny Young. He was one of her okay. foster foster kids. Okay. And um, the, we used to take our other dog, uh, Boo, to Hampton Pet Club. And which God, we need a good doggy know, daycare out here. That be Why is there no doggy I don't daycare? Know. I remember out here. that there used to be Hampton. And Peckler. they were the best. They yeah. were the best. I never worried about my dogs, and we could travel, and it was easy. Anyway, I digress. But um, <laughs> the next thing I know is Peter, my partner, came home one day with Russell, and I, I'm like, 
how did you hook up with <laughs> Russell? He said, oh, he ran into Clifton at Doggy Daycare, and she told him that I wanted Russell and oh, that nice. we should oh, take him nice. home for a weekend. And so we've had Russell for about eight, nine years now. He came oh, home for a weekend so and stayed for nine years. Oh, yeah. and that's Bella? Cool. And Bella, she, I found on, on the internet. Uh, she looked like Ooh. my old, I know, this is kind of, you know how like you try to get the same Grindr, twice. Tinder, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like what? Pet Finder, which is a great site, a great site. And our old, dog, our old dog passed away and she was a, um, a chow black lab mix. Oh my gosh. And then um, I was looking and looking, I couldn't find one and we got her at North Shore Animal League and then I found Bella in uh, Roxborough, North Carolina. Wow. So I, I hopped Flew on a plane up. out of Islip and and went down and got her. Aww. And she was not part um, chow when we did the DNA testing from, from Amazon <laughs> yeah. for $50. Yeah, or right, right. Whatever. Uh, she's part Malamute, uh, Australian cattle dog in Black Lab. Aww. And she screeches like a banshee. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you played that for us. Yeah, yeah. We, might have to, we might have to let the rest of the audience hear that. What about you, Jack? I have a three-year-old male red Doberman, I Pasha. See. I know. You showed me a picture. He's... He, he he is very adorable. Very Red handsome Doberman. Guy. He very handsome. This is a great place, by the way, Super for smart, dogs. Too. I mean, yes. I I Absolutely. I would love to come back as a dog on the East End. Yeah, they have the dog park um, in, in Southampton and, and in Southampton too. The yeah. one in Springs, Springs is, is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it is truly a park. For it, dogs. Is it like that's is that on Town Lane or something? No. It's on no. Three Mile Harbor. Oh right, right. Acres and acres and acres. It used to be the nursery. Oh, yeah. right. You know, the, the, that and big wholesale nursery. Spring, Springs Nursery. Exactly. That's where my the first place my husband, Eric Johnson, worked when he was like made, 13 oh, wow. years old. They yeah. made half, the front half for people and the back half for dogs oh, and people. Really and, and I have Scooby, who's an ARF dog. And I actually, my first time I've ever, uh, you know, had the privilege and honor of living with a dog. Yeah. Growing up in the city, my folks were not pet we were not a pet household um and scooby i was dealing with some things and started walking dogs at my daughter's uh urging at arf and walk scooby one day did not i had all these great names of what i wanted to name them but they're like here's scooby walk them and i'm like all right you're scooby you know that's, <laughs> that's a great name yeah, yeah i know i got no problem but everybody thinks that i like made the name up and no he he was scooby and so my my all of my animals have been named by my children so my our rescue now uh, from happy tales up up island right looked exactly like uh, an old jack russell that we had and we he arrived and he has like a little leaf on his head and two brown ears and they're very very big ears kind of yeah. like Kyle Lynch's corgi cooper right. who i love so let, um, let's let's but, let's uh, bring it let's because I love, I mean, we could talk dogs, talk dogs, talk dogs, and pets, um, and life, but let's bring it back to real sure. estate. Um, when you play Monopoly, what token are you? I usually like the hat. I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah. I think I'm in the Schnauzer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it a Westie? I thought it was a Westie. It looked like a Schnauzer. Yeah, right. It's a Westie. Right? It's a rescue dog. Yeah. Let's be politically right. correct. Right. I'm the it's Westie. A, it's a dog, though. That, it is a dog. I, I'm always, I'm I always like being the thimble. Oh, I always thought that was such a weird idea that you could that be a thimble. In, I don't think they have it anymore because no one knows what it is. Oh, a thimble? I think it's yeah. like a, a condom with holes in it or something. Uh, oh, Do people right, well. even have sewing machines anymore? I do. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah oh, I do. Cool. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm about and what, to And your make strategy in Monopoly would be... <laughs> Stay out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for the real estate or, discussion. Or buy the, the least expensive house on the block. There right. you go. Now we're talking. Um, now we're talking. <laughs> so let's get back to talking about just real estate. Um, what, are, what are some of the pitfalls that you find? I guess, I mean, what I heard when I, I've done quite a few real estate deals, buying and selling property, and what I heard 
is that a good real estate deal, no one is happy. The buyer goes down in their price, the seller pays too much, and the real estate agent compromises on their commission. So no one's happy in a good real estate deal. Very true, very true. Uh, it's, okay. it's sad, but not always. Yeah, not always. Not I always. mean, people are happy. I mean, it's yeah. our job to be the glue. Right. So we are trying to, you know, handle all the personalities and make it as seamless as possible in a perfect world, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you just be positive and, and show them that they're getting good money for it and that the people that are buying are, are you know, paying fairly mm-hmm. and that they're going to enjoy the Hamptons when they're done. They're all done. Yeah. I think what you said was accurate, I think, but sometimes people, they, they come around in the end, and then you do exactly what Jack said, and well, then well, everyone I, is I, mean, I could tell you, for, again, from my own personal experience, um, I had a false sense of the value of my property. You suffered from what I call TMS. What's and then that? What is that? Taj Mahal syndrome. Basically <laughs> a little bit. And then, and then as life, as the world has continued to spin, right. I've gotten more comfortable with the clarity of my property. And it's... And so I get that. And, and, and by the way, so the, the agent I work with, Amadeus Earhart at Compass, um, he has been, much like I hear you guys talking, he has been there really as a confident as much as, as an agent. He's been there to kind of say, okay, you, 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 do, you tell me what you want and I'll try and make this work. And so I actually think it's a fascinating thing because it's all perception in my mind. It's like a fake thing that I hold on to and then I get comfortable with a different fake thing. I think it's education. You, you know, you have to educate your buyer and your seller. Um, and that's why we as agents are important in the role of real estate. Yeah. Because, you know, we let people know that this is what the current market supports and value. So you also have to manage expectations. Well, tell me some interesting like stories. You must have quite a few about uh, places or... Shallow graves? Yeah, no, 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 we don't joke about that too soon. Um, but maybe some interesting stories about places that you've, or, or, or people that you've sold to or some kind of eccentric place. I've got to think about this for a second. Okay. I mean, for, for me, I guess one, sort of exciting kind of consequence was selling a very large new construction house in Sagaponic and the wife said well what what's happening with this land next door and I said well it's actually agriculture reserve and she said well you know who owns it and I told her and she said well I'm worried about you know because she said what could it be and it could be a tree farm it could be mm-hmm. a horse farm it could be you know a vineyard she said well I'm interested in protecting my view I think I want to buy it so she ended up buying oh 40 gosh. acres next to her don't yard. tell Bernie Sanders that story <laughs> <laughs> but she to protect her view but also it's still green space yeah. and yeah. she leases it to farmers or grows wildflowers so it's gorgeous that's yeah. really nice I mean I remember when I was looking at houses up in New Hampshire I I didn't really know the agent or anything. And she was like, okay, so let's look at this house. And we went up and she and she had lived in the area. And she was like, oh, no, this place has really bad juju. The husband and wife, like, forget it. I'm not even going to take you in. And that's how she got me. Because I was like, she's honest. She doesn't even want to show me this place. Right. So. Um, but all right. And, and so we're talking about uh, the marketplace. The marketplace, I always in my head think... It's, it's really a misnomer to talk about real estate as this like grand thing because there's all these little micro marketplaces, you know, that you're gonna, your house or your whatever it is, is gonna be compared to something close to you while the market is chirping. 
Well, it's always an education. Every deal is an educational process, at right. least for me. And I think, you know, as, as agents and even for appraisers out here, you can sort of, um, at best, it's a guess what a house is worth. Right. I, it's the the market. The market that is, dictates. That's the beauty of the Hamptons is that we're not homogenized. Yeah. Um, In New know. York City, you go, you know, this floor yeah. sells for this with right. this price per square foot and this line. You know, the C oh, line. I didn't know that. Th that's the way they like, do comps in the city. Right. The C line in this building goes for X number of square foot. We there's so many more variables here on the East well, End. We have McMansions yeah. next to beach shacks. Right, yeah. that's and, what's so no, great. And, yeah. and, and no, but I, and I would say you know the house that I uh, am currently trying to sell, uh, 3080 Switch Path, um, the house that house um, when I bought the house or bought it with the bank, um, it, it, it was uh, very secluded. It was a flag lot, very secluded. And then Farrell came and built a lot of houses around mm -hmm. that street. And you know, you would hear all of this gossip. Oh, well, this is going to be good for your house. This is going to be good for your house. But very quickly, I also no, it's not because it's a completely different marketplace. The the feral construction and the people that would buy that are not the people that would be interested in a house that's a, a little funky, bit more quirky. Yeah, quirky yeah. You know, so it, it's a micro uh, marketplace. It absolutely. I think that's a really but accurate description. There's something description. for everyone. You yeah. know, you have it, all different types of people coming out here. And that's really, I think, our job is to right. sort of intuit what those people want, because you can get them to the front door and you think it's going to be perfect, and then it's have you not ever turned someone down? Want. Like you just felt like this is bad, like they are in terms of a sale or a buyer, a, a buyer coming to you and saying, I, I, I want you to do this for me, and da da da, and you're like, mm, you mean like sorry. I want a five million dollar five bedroom house on the beach? Yes. Uh, no, no, I, no. I mean, like by person. <laughs> like, I, I mean because person. Personality. Personal oh, of course I have. I've yeah. walked away from people. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, because yeah. they're just unrealistic or or, or you know mean. What? I, it, I mean, because you have to probably figure, I more the latter. I I, I like enjoy. I, you know what? Uh, you live here. I live. Not only do I live here, but you know what? Listen, this is a second career for not only you know I what, what was me, your first but career? I used to be a. I used to produce television news. And I used to do a lot of entertainment news. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I call you yeah, entertainment yeah, yeah. journalism. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, in fact, my old anchorman from I used to do it for a certain uh, Fox News. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so who's your old Bill, Bill McCuddy. News. I don't know if you know Bill. Oh, I, yeah, I know Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Bill. Bill was my old anchorman. He lives in Bridgehampton now, and yeah. he's a full timer out here too. He's very yeah. funny. And, though. Uh, yeah, he was a stand-up comic actually. Yeah, yeah. I ended up working with him. We we uh, at CNBC. He had won a contest. And they're like, you're going to produce the contest winner, okay. and I'm like, oh, lucky me. <laughs> so that was a that's quite a, a flip. But but yeah. again, you're still in the people business. Uh, I mean, the, the, real estate is a people business. Right, right. The bottom line is, I want to get up in the morning and not hate going to work. Right. And that's that's how you, I ended up doing well, real you estate. You have to like people yeah. and, and sales. I mean, I was in the fashion business. My business partner, C. Brown, was in the art business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, we are used to selling things but also getting into the heads of our customers and clients to sort of know what's right and what doesn't work for them. Right, right. Small world story. I, I don't know. I, I, did I remind? I told you this at Larry Wenger, I know. I went oh, to yeah, high school exactly. with him. He worked with Jack, I think, at Neiman Marcus right. years ago. Oh, wow. Exactly. Well, there, there's like no, everybody's connected. Well, that's there's, the beauty of Instagram no and Facebook. Yeah. Like, he texted oh, me, how do you know? Friends? He yeah. said, oh, you're in real estate in the Hamptons. Do you know Jack Pierce? I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's really <laughs> funny. Together. Well, I want to go back, Jack, before uh, 
before we started, you were talking about coming out here and um, Alan Schneider and how he yes. kind of changed the face of. Yeah, Real what was that? What was that book that you had mentioned? Philistines, Philistines of the Hedgerow. Philistines at the at Hedgerow. The hedgerow. At the hedgerow. Yeah, that's Stephen, Stephen Gaines. Yeah. Stephen yeah. Gaines. Let's give Stephen a shout out. Yes. No, it's a great introductory book, I think, for all agents and all customers that come into the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. And for for me, as I said, I decided to quit the fashion business. I called my broker in the Hamptons, David Bray. Um, and said, you have to give me a job. So he did. To become, That's to awesome. Become, to become, all right, this is a very remedial question. To become a real estate agent, a licensed real estate agent, what is the coursework? What, what are, how do you become a real estate agent? You, you take, you go to school mm-hmm. and, you know, it's but, several weeks and then you take a, a state exam. But and a school is, exam, which is actually harder than the state exam. If but here's, correct, it's right? true, yeah. yeah. But this yeah. is actually a really interesting question that I was thinking of yesterday. Don't you have to be kind of sponsored by, by an agency? You used to have to be sponsored yes, by an yes. agency. Someone, someone has to hold your license. Correct. Right. And you correct. have to sort of know someone at a real estate firm who says, yes, I will, you know, hold your license. So it's a way of self-regulating... But that's really interesting because you kind of is it, is it a mentor relationship? Not in a necessarily. Way? No, no, not no. necessarily. No. Uh, but I, 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 most of the larger companies like Element, Compass, um, you know, Brown Harris, they Saunders, when they they right. have a new age, what they call new agent training. So when they license someone new, they a want to avoid getting sued, right. and b want to have people who go out into the field representing their brand right. with a certain sense of knowledge, right. Right. Really, and, and certain then, knowledge, and then also not to put either of you on the spot. But is there a different uh, personality at the different agencies? Or is it really, at this point, very homogenous? I mean, of course I, you would say it's... You're, no, no, you're, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about... Yes, like, Douglas Elliman, we have a reputation for being the most honest. No, no, but, no, 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 I'm not, I, I know, I know it's, a, I, I know it's a, putting you on the spot a little bit. I, 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 well, I'm, I'm asking it more like... Cause, I will say, I will answer, it's probably more Hamptons agents are more similar than city agents. Right, okay. right. I think yes. we have more in common as agents in the Hamptons. Yes. And, and but the companies are different. I mean, they're different, but I, people switch so often. I don't really think that yeah. each one has a, but, a real strong character anymore. But when you've been anymore. in the business as long as we have, you know, but, 20 years, yeah. you know, starting with Alan Schneider, which was a boutique kind of business, then, you know, Corcoran bought Alan Schneider, so then it was more corporate. And then, you know, sort of, fulfilling my trilogy of career you know being at compass now which is more technology driven right. which i think oh, is the future is the future of our business right so the next question i have is and this is like invariably um in that transaction you also have lawyers and you also have the bank and you also have the town and you also have you have all these other so kind many. of moving parts yeah. appraisers and, inspectors right yes, and oh and and so um i well i guess the question i would have is is to navigate all of that, it's process driven. Every every box has to get checked before a, a sale happens. And personality driven. And per, right, personality right, driven. right. That's I think what. Uh, what are there are there but like entourage. are there unique personalities um, or attributes to to all of those concepts out here? You know, I I mean like the Peconic Land Trust exists out here and only out here and that's a reality the welcome to the hamptons tax right? <laughs> yeah but on the other hand Which you I mean, have that, to introduce new customers to no right, right. that's well, what that's i mean that's the cpf right yeah. yeah okay but the cpf is a two percent transfer tax but uh, just in southampton alone it's generated almost a billion dollars uh, yeah. there was a thing in i think the in one of the local papers a billion and a half generated yeah. so far i think that might have been and, and then that you also have in the um 
you know. Uh, in East Hampton as well. Yeah. yeah. Right. So every township kind of has their own requirements. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of be well versed in that and how to navigate. And it's on that. the North Fork as well. Yeah. Correct yes. Well, right. but it's great because it does preserve it is, land. It does. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it is. And actually, I think that uh, Fred Thiel, and this isn't a test, it just released something saying that the January CPF is like. What is CPF? Tw- Community Preservation Fund. Okay. It is the two percent transfer tax that was added um, on property. Fred, Fred probably wants to get keep it for what the water and for yeah, it's for to protect over, the water over two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, you yeah, start paying it, right, but. exactly. And um, but it's up over last year's. Um, and what does that mean? That means that sales are increasing again. Has to mean yeah, that, yeah, or, well, or well, the, the volume. The what's volume. The, what's the, volume. the cost of the lobster salad? Is that because that's how that's my index? Well, it's like if the lobster salad's uh, going up, we know that the money's showing <laughs> up. By the again. way, this place has the best. Uh, yeah. Oh, and and by the way, um, pecanic bay scallops are probably more expensive right now than lobster. Lobsters are a dime a dozen, baby. Am uh, I getting your wow. hands on a scallop? Well, they're they're like you know dying off. They are. They're very expensive scallop salad. Okay. Okay. So that's probably a good place to take a break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that there was a lobster prison riot in yes. 1905 or 6 in, in Maine. No, oh. Maine, because the inmates were sick and tired of being fed lobster. It was. I think it was in Australia, actually. Uh, well, Australia, Maine, because I because it was Australia Maine. Maine. <laughs> that's because I, I that's I'm sticking to my story. You can stick to your story. <laughs> All right. Well. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokol. And our guests, Patrick McLaughlin from uh, Douglas Elliman and Jack Pearson from Compass. And we will be right back. Back Sundays on the East End. With Are Virginia we really Lord. back? Bridget? I know we have more interesting conversations sometimes <laughs> off the air than on the air, but you know we'll leave that to your imagination. So we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn on WPPB, Long Island's only NPR station, and we've got Patrick McLaughlin from. Douglas Elliman and hello Hi. and Jack Pearson from Compass. Hello, thank Hi. you both for, for coming out and talking uh, about real estate on well, the East End. Well, we're talking in general Thanks just about us. about the the the, na- the nature of life. That's yeah. what I think we're talking. Yeah, about. but let's talk a little bit about the East End in general. I mean, do you do you see there being? I guess everybody asks this. Is there, do any of the uh, towns have like a master plan, a build out plan? I remember when I lived in New Hampshire, I was on a committee that had like a, a build out. No. Good, good question. Yeah, right? Not that I know. I think, I think they do have master plans. Well, I they mean, do moratoriums all of a sudden, yeah, which right. is kind of like a more dramatic, like slamming I mean, the door and sulking there's thing. There's certainly rules and regulations. I mean, you know, it's been known to be the land of no here. Yeah, I know. Well, in East Hampton true. particularly. Um, I think that's every town, not just East Hampton. Exactly. Right. Although, you know, East Hampton, they did have that whole big town hall recently about making it a little bit more business friendly. Yeah. And I know part of the problem was the septic on Main Street, so they can't put more... Well, I, I, I restaurants and oh yeah that's right <laughs> i moderated yeah. that at, oh, yeah, yeah. at the maidstone yes and yeah. then wasn't i it's mean was space. it productive right. and, and, and the town yeah. of west hampton just went through about a four or five month redo oh, of their yeah. main street where they it's actually tore up there, everything because of the infrastructure needs so i guess let's ask that what's the hot new place I mean, I know it's always Sag Harbor. Yeah, 3080 Swiss Path. Ah! It's the hottest place. <laughs> How many 
times are you going to say your address? You're going to get stalkers, sock. Uh, Jesus. No. Okay, but anyway, what, what? I mean, I would think that like people are looking a little bit farther away for their money. Town is different. I don't know? mean if you're a billionaire because a billionaire can always afford like you know an ocean front. I mean yeah. if you're like a I think a normal any, low millionaire. <laughs> anything like under 1.5 million seems to be hot. Yeah. You know, and Very under true. a million for sure. And you know, you there are places for sale. Uh, you know, under a million and. You know, you just have to be ready to buy them. Yeah. You have to move quickly. I, exactly. I, I, I just had two, and this, and I've been doing this a long time. I saw time. that you had one that was like nine ninety five, and I was like, "That's a real." It's and four it went, bedrooms, two and baths, it, or and something. It, it's already we already have a deal. Yeah, and uh, it, it. it's less than two weeks. And then I had one in East Hampton that we listed for a hair over a million. We had a deal within two days, and that's that insane. that's that's insane. I've so, never so, had. So are you optimistic about like because we seem to be in a a very I mean the last several years have been very disjointed when it comes to um, optimism, financially and otherwise. Are you optimistic about where we are? Yes, but I'll say one thing, especially when it comes to pricing out here. If it's not compelling, it's not selling, right. and that's true. Did you make that up? I kind of stole that from uh, someone, from, from but, right. <laughs> from John but it's true. No, I work with a business coach, this guy out of California, and Tom always says, if it's not compelling, it's not selling. But That's it's true. It's, it's true. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that, you know, what people have to realize is there's something for everyone here. Yeah. You know, when I first came to the Hamptons, you, you think it's this, you know, revenge kind of scenario of which didn't even take place in the Hamptons. Right. But... It's it really is something for everyone and and you can really have a great time here whether you're you know single you know married with kids rich not so rich right, right well, well here's well here's another question though uh, you just stirred is that you know we do live in a part of the world that is seasonal that that the population kind of increases by a tenfold for about 3 months of the year and then it decreases for about 9 months of the year um, not so much anymore I'd say I, half I, and half I I I, I I kind of agree with Bridget. I think I it's noticed a big difference after 9-11, especially. Yeah. Well, okay. I remember pre-9-11 yeah. in the winter, it was ghost town. You could yeah. literally yeah. lie down on Main Street and, and take and, a nap. And, and, and prove that people could work you. virtually. And yeah. not only could people work virtually, but I, you come out here on a weekend, even in January and February, you need restaurant okay. reservations now. Yeah. Yeah, right. Let's right. hear so, what, right, what but, your point right, is. So I want to turn this back, though. What the point I was trying to get to is um, when people are out here shopping, and, when I, and out here, really, I mean, we are Long Island and the coast to Connecticut, like we're not just the Hamptons, yeah. this radio show, um, when people are out here shopping, um, does is the conversation inherently different if it's somebody that's planning on having a second home versus somebody that's really looking to have a primary home? Yes, but I, what I'm finding more and more is people are staying put in the city mm -hmm. because if, even if they sell and they make money, it's going to be a lateral move. So why move if it's a lateral move? Right. Mm -hmm. And what in, they're in doing the in the city and they're upgrading right. out here. You know, they're celebrating holidays out here. They're celebrating, you know, right. this, the family home is out here. The city is almost the pied -a -terre, you know, the pied -a -terre. Right. And right. before it used to be the weekend home, live in the city. Right. So, so there's been a, a shift. I think so. And also here, too, because more people are renovating rather than selling, much to maybe our disappointment, because they realize they can make their home more valuable. Right. They can stay where they are. It's not a lateral move. I mean, you know, oftentimes people sell here because they want to cash out and go elsewhere. Right. But, you or know, they have to cash out. Yeah. But, There's that you know, too. But, you know good our, on them, the good so. news for us is our property taxes are a bargain. 
compared yeah, well, to the rest of Long oh my Island. Gosh, yeah. I'm in Brookhaven, so hello. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, are ridiculously I know, high. I know. So there's a yeah. trade-off. So that's a good thing for people coming out here to buy in the Hamptons. I'm in the process of selling a house to my sister-in-law who lives in um, Roslyn, mm-hmm. and she kept saying the pr- taxes are what. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. People yeah. usually say to me, "Is that, uh, is that quick is that figure? Nerve? Is that a month?" <laughs> I go, "No, it's for the year." Yeah. Oh, I mean, out here. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're really they're they're low. People don't. And when you're in New Hampshire, where they don't have income tax or right. sales tax, it's all property tax. So right. I was kind of used to it when I moved back. Well, it's the and same got, way in, when I lived in Dallas. The same thing. The property yeah. taxes are very, very high there right. because right. there's no income. They tax. have a. V- I shouldn't even say it on the air. They have a view tax in New Hampshire. So well, you pay. That, that means if you have a good mountain view or a good lake view your taxes are like See, that's, an who, extra $10,000 a year. But that's what happens who when the, the that? states don't have state, income tax. Yeah, the state doesn't have, have income tax. They have to come up tax. with other taxes. Exactly. Okay. And, and you know, I'm, I'm one of the projects I've been working on the last several months is a very deep dive into Benjamin Franklin and into kind of the beginning of the, the American experiment, if you will, the American country. Um, the conversation about taxes has always been primary in, in every conversation in this part of the world. Um, you know, who's paying them, who's deciding what they are, and, and what do you really get from them really is one of the ideas that drove the creation of the Constitution. You know, like, so we have real estate tax out here. We have a Peconic tax out here. We have a New York State tax. The mansion tax. We have right. the mansion tax. And all of these, because the, I, I, the, yeah. the previous house I had actually owned and raised my family in was in Santa Monica in California, and I was shocked at the difference of the transaction when I bought out here, that there was just a lot more of that stuff, and that's just the way New York does it. Well, I mean, speaking of the mansion tax, that that, the name alone makes me laugh. Yeah. Only out here can um, a million dollars buy you a beach shack, and they call it a mansion. Right, right. But What's in other parts of the world, a man- it, is, it is a mansion. It's a mansion yeah. everywhere else. Long Island. Island. And why not a woman mansion, right. Bridget? And I, don't, I have nothing to say. And speaking, <laughs> of, and speaking of Ben Franklin, I have a Franklinia tree in my garden. Nice. Named after Ben Franklin because he discovered it. Aww. Because that's another reason why people come here. I'm a big garden person. And you're from Philadelphia. I am. There you go. <laughs> We've, we're all connected it's except nature. me. It's yeah. beautiful here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it well, and that's why people come out here because they're searching for light, they're searching for green, they're searching for fresh air, stars. I, 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 all of that, and I would also say, and I've said this before in, on our show, I love the peace of mind I have in my head. And however you get there, I get there here. And I have had a hard time getting there in other parts of the world. I agree with that. Well, even if Bravo. you go, even if you go to the city, if I go to the city for, I don't own anything in the city anymore, but I, I go in for a day or two, stay at a hotel, and I come back out here, I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just. And where on the drive out here? Because I can tell you where for me. I think it's Manor Villas where I really go. Ah. Okay, so so Manor Villa, and for me, um, when you see Stargazer, it's definitely a, ah. Okay, and and yeah, well, the sky opens up then. Right. Right. Yeah. But for me, I, there's a moment. I think it's around on the LIE around ISIS 64 where the 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 traffic lights, the street lights, the lamps yeah. stop, and so you you're, you're driving, especially you're driving in the evening, and then it gets really dark, and I'm like ah. I'm, see, I'm like, that's get, why we're not a suburb. We yeah. have not very many curbs and no street lights. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and there's some places where there's still towns out here or hamlets that don't have uh, stop well, signs. I mean, stoplights. Well, when we got into the business, they didn't even have uh, street numbers. 
addresses. Right. I remember when I got mine. We we yeah. had to show my houses by you know the direction, you know landmarks no, and I the lived, name of the owner. I well, even on, now it's still confusing. How many Hildreth lanes are there in the? Oh, I know, and cross yeah, highways. Now, at least cross now, highways. At least now you I have remember, a number to follow. To be, <laughs> I used to be opposite pole thirty. I I built my house in 1985, so I was opposite pole thirty. That All was right. my address. And, and, exactly. and I will tell you, and, and again, I'm not talking about the house I have for sale on Eastwood's path, but I've always been disappointed. Path, yes, but I've always been disappointed at the name Eastwood's path because it's so generic. I and. And I, I was hoping Ooh. for something a little bit more alliterative. Alliterative. Like Sokolo Street? No, no, like, no, but like they created a little cul-de-sac in the last 20 years called Sagaponic Court. I'm like, well, that at right least off East, well, yeah. sounds... Right. Well, I, I live off of a street, the street, I live off of Meacock's Road, but the, the street name, <laughs> the street name Look is... Look how girly Meacock's is, Landing! Is Narod Boulevard. And I was, like, Narod Boulevard. And I was like, Narod. And then I said, well, how, how could that be? Well, the corner farmhouse built in the 1700s was Farmer Doran. They decided to name. They did it backwards. They did it backwards. They I always it. say Narod. And I was like, I guess I'm are you kidding what's, what's me? Your, what, what's what, wrong with Doran? Did you ever figure out what your name was backward? I bet you did. Oh. No? I used to lie in bed. Ted no, Dur- no, Ted Derb Yorl. Kayla Wallachus. Oh, see? This is why we were friends. Say it um, again. Uh, KCAJ. KCAJ. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but there's also, uh, there are more than six poles on Six Pole Highway. Yeah. Oh, well. And, wireless, and wireless Road has telephone poles. How do you know that they know. meant poles and not people from Poland? That How do you know right. that? I and, know and, that. And, 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 right. and, and also, what are the, the Widow Gavits? What I know, a great a, name oh for my God. a street. resale. I always say to people, the house would be worth more if they changed that. Well, or Downer Place. Right. Or, or Mount, Mount Misery. Misery. Mount Misery is the best. I love or that. Or no, as actually, there's an old broker who, who's been here. Ernie Shade always goes, it's Mount Misery. Right. Like, Misery. That's awesome. Oh, that's Speaking of that, would be though, better. so out here, and I actually rented from, from him uh, last winter, Price Topping. What a great yeah. name for a broker. And, uh, right? <laughs> great name. Great for, if you're listing, not if you're buying. No, that's yeah, right. true. <laughs> Price um, Topping. It sounds like something they do at Walmart. Price no, Topping. Price Topping. And out right. in California, I'm trying to remember the name, but there was a oh, Budge Offer. Oh, was a broker out in Budge? Santa Monica. Budge oh, Offer. Oh, come on. That's a made-up name. That's no, like those not, weathermen. That was, that was, so I was that like Stormfields being a weatherman? I always man. thought right. it would be so great if Budge great. Offer and Price Topping had to have a transaction. We'd see who would, who would win. Yeah, let's, it's Deathmatch. Yeah. I think it's Deathmatch 2020. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so besides your... I mean, this is still, you know, we're, we're talking really nicely about it and everything. And, and, and you guys obviously love what you do. But it is still really stressful. What, what do you do to kind of you know, shake it off at the end of the day. You need to have a life. Yeah, you have to have a life. I mean, that's why I have a team, a a business team, so that one person can go on vacation and then your team partner can be in charge so that you can disconnect a little bit. You know, it's important. I mean, you don't disconnect completely. No, of course. (laughs) Well, you live No, the cell phone, the uh, smartphone has ruined that. Yeah, and the whole Wi-Fi, there's no Wi-Fi here, doesn't necessarily work anymore. (laughs) Right. I, I, I will tell you, I went to Yellowstone Park this summer. Oh, yeah. um, and there was no Wi-Fi in Yellowstone. Yay! I'm a And I went. And I went. I, I was about to like. Did you get sick like, of seeing moose? 
Because yeah, I, I was there, and like the first time I saw a moose, it was like so exotic. And then like like a day and a half later, I'm like, ah, it's a moose. Oh, see, I I, I always thought it was cool, but I, and then we were in the Tetons too, no cell service, no Wi-Fi, and I was I started to get a little cagey. Yeah, yeah, I was in Lake Placid last weekend, Whiteface Mountain, and I was negotiating a deal at the bottom of the slope, but the call kept dropping. Oh my gosh! So, but eventually we got it through. So and you so, guys yeah. travel to? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and sounds like a pretty nice lifestyle. Well, I, I, you know, I feel very blessed, but, you know, I, I, I do work out every day and that keeps me sane. If I don't work yeah. out, I have a bad day. What do you tell people who want to get into the real estate business out here? I mean, what is what is advice? I mean, do, do, I think people might consider it to be a get rich quick thing that you do Ooh, one no. sale and you can retire. No, it's no, not. No, no, you, no. you really need to join a team Correct. that has a, an established business. I think that that's very important. Work with someone who's been in the business for a while. <clears throat> yeah. Otherwise, you're going to go very hungry and get very bored. Yeah, because I remember there was a guy um, out here, and he may still be out here, but he was like, I just need one $5 million sale and I can retire. You're both lo- exchanging looks. Yeah. Well, Willie, we've Willie heard Loman. it a million times. Yeah, it was like exactly. Willie Loman, real estate agency. Yeah, kind of. And that's why, that's why you know, going back to what we said earlier, it's, uh, it's about the relationships, especially with the ones who've been here right. a long time. But, and and I, actually, one of my obsessions, though, is authenticity and, and how our quest in life is always to find our, the most authentic self. And what, what I think we're actually talking about through all the banter, though, is you both are very settled. You have found an authentic self in, in working in this marketplace in the way that you do. You get to be the people you, you need to be, surround yourself with the people you want to be, and carry yourself with a principled way of dealing with something that I can say uh, from the other side is a very singular thing so there's a lot of emotion well, and anxiety. Want, you want return customers, you want word of mouth, that's got to be the best. Referral, trip. I mean our business is all based on referral. Yeah. But I think what's interesting about the real estate business is it's often someone's second, third, or fourth career. So you know you take from your past careers into this career right. and right. you just hope that you know you can do the job and, and please all that are in the transaction. Well, I, I, I don't mean to contradict you, but I'm seeing young kids now who are just getting out of college and they have a college major at NYU for real estate sales. Are you they have serious? classes. That's, I wonder I, what they teach I, I, besides. Listen, I. <laughs> how to sell a house. As a career, so I, I think part of the reasoning for that is these TV shows, which I don't necessarily think which paint a very, seen, which they're like, all bogus anyway. I don't watch them. What, 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 what? Like reality shows. The reality right? shows about real estate agents, the billion dollar flip listing, f- flip or sell or whatever it's called. I, I don't like, know, like I said, I never watch, but, 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 but I think but what I, we're talking wonder, about is the human connection. And, and I actually think, and just on, on the idea of there now being a major at a school like NYU, I also wonder if as the world has gotten more global and, and we live more and more online, it's tangible. You're actually talking about something you can physically see and hold, and that might be very attractive as a way of saying, well, I am not uh, living an abstract career. Right. I'm having a very tangible Well, in real estate, it's the engine of our economy. I mean, it's incredible. It's a big business. So I can sort true, of, very I mean, true. I don't know what they're teaching in that course, but <laughs> it would be interesting to sort of see the curriculum. Yeah. 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 I mean, because I, like I was saying, it's about connection and you want to keep those connections because that person might want to sell their house or, you know, they might want to buy another house. And so they want you want them, you want repeat business. Right. Well, that's, right. Very, and, that's right. what and, selling is all about. And, and, and we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're in late February. The season is, you can almost feel the season, right? It's President creeping said, up it's on It's creeping us up on us. And so do, do things get much more hectic for you guys? Uh, President's Day, it actually used to be President's Day when I first came out here was like the Marker. Then it slightly shifted to MLK weekend. 
So it's it's progressively it's getting it's it's the only time we're really at least speaking for myself that I'm really 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 quiet is right before Christmas to New Year's. Right. Okay, you know, and and, and, and the last week in August. Is there really, a cyclical? It, is there a cyclical? It's really weather driven. You know, our, okay. we have been very busy December, January, and into February because we've very had warm a lovely non-winter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. because and Al because Gore people winter. have to dry exactly. I mean, it's sort of strange because I see buds on in my garden already, uh, and daffodils coming up, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. lots of that. You know, it's called the fa- it's the fall yeah. spring. Yeah. Yeah. But but weather really helps us, and that's yeah. why we have been very busy. true. Very true. And well, and uh, I know we're kind of wrapping up a little mm-hmm. bit, but then you also have uh, in, in the coming of the season, you have the rental marketplace. You have all these people that do want to get out here and get their little taste of it one way or another. I will say the great rentals, people do them over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's it's the rental inventory out here is not as uh, as big as people have a tendency to believe. But I think it's even bigger because now it's the wild, wild west. Because you have Airbnb, VRBO. I'm telling that's you, for it is another show entirely. Exactly. Yeah. But but you know, it it has exposed the Hamptons to an, uh, quite an array of people, which is good. Um, and but maybe not so good in the sense that it's busy. But renters turn into buyers. Hopefully. True. True. Right. Yeah. I I, I I've spoken to a few business owners out here, and they're not big fans of Airbnb because they claim. These people that come out here for a weekend do not go shopping and do not go to restaurants. They it's just, like, well, yeah. they're, it's, they're, they're here, here for, for weekend. Yeah, they're not here that long enough. Yeah. But yeah. they're walking down the streets of Sag Harbor Village. Yeah, they sure are, because you can't get any parking there, right? Uh, uh, anyway, well, it's been wonderful and, and illuminating to have this conversation, don't you think, so? Absolutely. And, and uh, what I really uh, am going to take from this conversation is... Uh, it, it really is important, like every other business, to to get to know the people in the real estate game and understand that um, it, it is not a one and done, that this is really about a much longer term conversation that we all are part of, whether or not we have it, uh, you know, in the moment that you're selling a house or whether we're having it just because we're living in a part of the world where this it drives the economy. A great part of the world, though. That it does. It, it is a great part I of the world. I think the greatest part of the world, yeah. personally. Uh, it's well, I want to thank Patrick McLaughlin from Douglas Elliman for coming on and Jack Pearson from Compass Realty for joining us on this illuminating conversation. Thank you for having us. Sundays on thank the you. East End. You can listen on 88.3 FM every Sunday at 11 a.m. or on your uh, Whatever, whatever you have. Yeah, your computer or your smart speaker, you can say. And Bridget, you also have a website that you archive. I do. I archive all the shows on BridgetLeroy.com. So if you want to listen to any of the shows we've done since 2018, uh, you can go there and listen to it. Outstanding. Well, everybody have a great week uh, this week. Uh, Enjoy the mild winter um, and get out there and, um, you know, appreciate that we do live in a very magical part of the world, whether it's in Connecticut or Nassau County, um, Suffolk County, uh, this is a uniquely beautiful uh, part of this planet. So um, everybody be well and stay well. These old blocks is what made me, saved me, drove me crazy, drove me away, didn't embrace me, forgave me, for all of my shortcomings, welcome to my homecoming, yeah, 
It's been a long time coming. A lot of fights, a lot of scars, a lot of bottles, a lot of cars, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Made it back, lost my dog. Miss you, but here I stand. Come on, a better man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.